Welcome in to the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan. I'm very excited to be hosting this podcast and bringing it to you on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, wherever you're listening. Super, super excited to be bringing this podcast to you. You're probably wondering, what is this podcast about? What is the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame? Well, the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame is exactly that. It's a Hall of Fame. It's there to promote Canadian comedy and preserve Canadian comedy history. There's already a bunch of people that you probably know that are in the Hall of Fame. John Candy, Rich Little, Wayne & Schuster, the Royal Canadian Air Force, Dave Broadfoot, Don Heron. And this year, coming up in the next couple months, they're going to be adding even more inductees to that list. And here's the absolute coolest thing about all this. You can have your say who joins that list of legends into the hall of fame it's real simple you just go to canadiancomedyhall.com right there on the front page there's a special promotion that they're running now until february 15th you can become a lifetime lifetime founding member of the hall for only 25 dollars. you support canadian comedy you get cool stuff and you get to have your say on who gets into the hall of fame here's what you get if you sign up now before february 15th You get an official personalized certificate that states you are a founding member of the hall. You get a 2022 This Day in Comedy calendar, 15% off all show tickets and exhibits. And here's the big one. You become an official voter for life. Have your say who gets in to the Hall of Fame, which is awesome, which is exciting. What other Hall of Fame has that? You can't do that in the Hockey Hall of Fame. You don't have your say on the Canada Walk of Fame. But the Comedy Hall of Fame, you have your say. So let's kind of get into the meat of this podcast. This podcast, again, we're going to bring on new comedians, established comedians, people that aren't even comedians, people that are just working in the comedy industry. Maybe they have some ties to comedy. We want to hear their stories and we want to hear who influenced them and who they think should be in the Hall of Fame. So let's dive right in. We have uh, two awesome interviews set up for today. The second one is going to be Cameron Hughes. Now, if you don't know Cameron Hughes, you but you are a sports fan, chances are you've seen Cameron. Cameron has this very unique job. He is a super fan. He calls himself the King of Cheer. That's also the title of his new book, which we will talk about. Cameron's performed at the Grey Cup, Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, the NHL, the NBA. He's performed all over the world, and his job is to ignite crowds. He's kind of like a physical comedian. He is a a dancer. He is the ultimate sports fan. And he has a great perspective on comedy in Canada and what it means to entertain and what it means to be Canadian. So we'll talk to Cameron in in a few minutes, but first I have Andrea Jin. Now, Andrea Jin is an up-and-coming young comedian who is absolutely killing it right now. Her bio is what she's done in her short career. She mentions in this interview that she's been doing stand-up for five years. It's pretty impressive what she's accomplished. She's out of Vancouver, born in Shanghai, China, moved here when she was 10. She was selected as a new face at Just for Last Montreal Comedy Festival. She's performed at JFL Northwest, uh, Sirius XM's Top Comic, the Seattle International Comedy Competition. She's been on CBC's The Debaters, the Winnipeg Comedy Fest. She's done it all, including released her debut solo album last year 
in January called Grandma's Girl. You can uh, listen to it on Amazon Music. It's also available on, on Spotify, Apple Music as well, and, and you can download it on the iTunes Store. It's it's worth a listen. It's absolutely hilarious. She uh, taped it in her hometown of Vancouver. We had a great chat about uh, what it means to be Canadian, the difference between American audiences and Canadian audiences, and what sitcoms and comedians not only influenced her growing up, but helped her learn English. So here it is, my interview with comedian Andrea Jin. I think the best part, place to start is kind of your story, because it's a, it's a unique story uh, where, you, where you came from. So you came from Shanghai when you were, when you were 10. Um, yeah. and, and I, I, I was reading that you uh, didn't know English at that point, so you were watching sitcoms. So I'm curious to know what sitcoms were, were you watching at that, uh, at, th- at that stage? Yeah, I mean, uh, my mom brought home like a Friends box DVD set with like Mandarin subtitles and stuff. So that was really great for learning, of course. I watched that um, a couple times over um, with the subtitles and that was great. Um, I also watched a lot of local TV, so or not local TV, but like um, to native to Canada. So I watched, uh, corner gas and this hour has 22 minutes, um, video on trial, a lot of stuff that like, I had no idea that even it was even Canadian. I mean, I knew because it's on Canadian television, but it's, um, uh, I didn't know that those were some of the landmark shows that, um, are so special to Canadian comedy and TV. Right. And those things, are, those shows are uniquely Canadian in the sense that, you know, American comedians, American people, they're not, they're not getting corner gas at all. Maybe now with streaming and stuff, they can, can get it. But, but back then it wasn't a thing. Um, yeah. So watching these shows uh, growing up, did you, did you get a sense that you knew you were funny when you were a kid? Like, did you get a sense like, oh, I'm, I'm a funny person? I think so, because I mean, those were the shows that I gravitated towards. I enjoyed watching like sitcoms and comedy and stand up way more than uh, any other genre. And uh, I just always understood the voice that and the tone that uh, all these things are going for. Um, So, yeah, maybe I think I I, I'm not sure if I had the um, the super, the confidence to say that I was funny, but I think I was um, definitely had the feeling that I fit into this world better than any other genre. And the the timing, right? Especially a show like, like you're saying, like this hour has 22 minutes, like that style of news reporting, the timing's so important, right? So you would probably learn and, and pick up on that while you're learning a new language. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because like I don't even I didn't even understand most of the references that Rick Mercer was making. Like um, I just enjoyed the jokes, even even if I didn't quite understand the full context. I like the tone. I like the beats of it. It, um, Rick Mercer and I watched Colbert a lot, too. And uh, those satire news shows for some reason really got me so did you did you find yourself ranting a lot then like walking because that seems to be their style right just that rant mm-hmm. rant style 
I think I uh, like the ranting energy. I think maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, a, what an awesome way to learn a language through, through rants, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. So who, who, were, who influenced you? Was, when you were watching stand-up, did you have any of those, um, I mean, specifically kind of Canadian influences? I mean, you mentioned Corner Gas and this hour has tw 22 minutes, but was there any other stand-ups more, more importantly that influenced you? Yeah, probably uh, Rick Mercer and uh, uh, Russell Peters because okay. he had that immigrant perspective. Mm -hmm. um, he was like the closest thing I could find to an Asian woman <laughs> to follow. <laughs> yeah. uh, not to say that he resembles that in any way, but just the, his immigrant experience, there wasn't really any um comedian like stand-ups in canada that i could point to that has shared a similar experience to mine um but russell peters definitely was the closest to that because yeah he talked about his immigrant family and um what yeah his parents and i was living a similar i had a similar time so it was he was really hilarious to me and, and you talk about family a lot in, in your stand-up. Mm -hmm. I mean, your your album is called Grandma's Girl. So yeah. um, you, you can really tell, you know, fam family's important to you, right? And, and they're they're an oh. influence on your your life. You're so you're pretty well, you were pretty new when you when you first uh, released that album. Um, where did kind of that motivation came from? Because I believe you released it in January 2021, doing stand-up for three years um what, what kind yeah. of motivated motivated you to move that quickly yeah I mean when I recorded the album it was definitely three years in and then when I released it I was four years in and then now now I think I'm like five five years in right pretty much so it's been actually a long time since I recorded the album okay um and I had no I really didn't like I always thought of that as something more senior and veteran comics get to do but the um record label approached me wanting to tape something with me and so they kind of got the ball rolling uh where they showed interest and then i wanted to meet them to the like to the challenge i wanted to meet um the challenge and so i uh, was just revving up to do that. And so, yeah, so they inspired that, but which in turn inspired me to challenge myself further to, um, do something that, yeah, normally, a co comic that's three years in wouldn't be thinking about at all. <laughs> that, that's awesome though, that they came to you and wanted to do that. Did you, did you tape that in Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah. It was in Vancouver, uh, at our, comedy venue that is our independent comedy venue little mountain gallery that uh doesn't exist anymore so it's kind of sad oh, no. was yeah. that was that a covid a unfortunate covid loss no it was actually like it was decided before covid and then covid kind of like slowed down the process right like it was supposed to happen way sooner but um covid kind of slowed down the process of getting it demolished but it was uh um it, it's been re rezoned for 
condos. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, I mean, yeah. condos going up everywhere. It's, it's happening here too on the East. Yeah. Get, getting rid of uh, good venues for condos. Uh, um, you have, you've performed uh, in the U S and, and in Canada. Do you find a difference in the audiences uh, in the Canadian audience? Oh, for sure. Yeah. hundred um, percent. I mean, it really is different wherever I go. Um, when I go different places in Canada, I feel the difference. Uh, but how so? Uh, well, I feel that on the West Coast where I am, uh, I find that it's a bit more. Uh, oh, it's interesting. So it depends. It really depends, like metropolitan cities versus uh, smaller suburban areas. Um, right. That's a huge contrast. I'm sure everyone knows that difference where uh, just the, the the audiences are more, their taste is more refined. You're, okay. you're able to get away with more um, uh, obscure and more, more kind of wacky jokes. Um, yep. Not to say, uh, no, I won't go into that. But like, <laughs> but in the you suburban, can say okay, yeah. yeah. But in the suburban areas, they're kind of just more like you know, we just want to hear jokes about stuff that we know, which is like dating, race, and family, but not too crazy, you know. Like, yeah, don't go too wild with your family life. I don't want to yeah. hear. I don't want to hear all the dirty laundry. Yeah. No, like literally just surface level because because you know they. They just want to relax, whereas like in metropolitan cities, I find that they kind of just they want to be challenged a little bit. It's, um, yeah, it sounds like they're they're going out for uh, a performance or to see a performance in a show, mm-hmm. right? In a metropolitan area and a suburban area, they're going out. That's their entertainment, right? That's their their night yeah. out for the night, maybe, right? Exactly. They want it to be more about them than about like the the art. Um, or whatever, but um, not to say that I prefer one or the other. I mean, I I do prefer metropolitan cities more because I get to explore more of what I want to do. But um, it, you know, it's something both different muscles and both are good to develop either way. So, um, but I find that American audiences they're a bit like. They're more excited for you. I can right. feel, yeah. Really? I think, yeah. I think like in Canada, they're uh, we're very attentive and we're very like, okay, go on, you know. Like it's kind of um, very nice and attentive and wanting to hear what you have to say. Whereas in the in the U.S., I would say they're attentive. They're but they're much more excitable. Okay. I think it's because, yeah, I'm not sure why, but they're just more excited for the show. That's funny. In yeah. a way. That's kind of, that kind of speaks to the reserveness that is kind of the stereotype, but I mean, stereotypes are, are there sometimes for a reason um, mm. of Canadians, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's because of the geographic, like how, how, there's just less people here so i think people talk to each other less and maybe it feels less like a community sometimes because every city is so far apart like yeah. canada is so big um but 
audiences like they take a little bit to warm up with each other whereas like i don't know i think in the us i've but maybe i've just played like really good shows when i'm in the states but <laughs> but but the audiences they just feel like people are more i don't know they're just like more charged yeah yeah, yeah. what's uh what do you think makes so i i mean the 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 sense of this podcast and the canadian comedy hall of fame is this abundance of Canadian comedy talent for, you know, a small country, we have 10 times less people than the United States. But yet we have all these heavy hitters and new people constantly. I mean, look at, you know, what Shit's Creek did last year, right? Um, just yeah. blowing up in the States. We've known about it here. Why do you think Canadians are so funny? In kind of <laughs> the most basic way, right? Like that's, yeah. Well, I think it goes back to how the audiences are. I think like, because I, I don't think Canadian audiences are harder, but I think they're just, they just give you more time to, there's just more time here to kind of work on your craft. Whereas like in the States, I, I think you can get distracted by, you know, all the, there's a, it's a lot of flash, you know, it's yeah. a lot of like, uh, temptation or whatever to, you know, um, move on to the next thing or whatever. But I think in Canada is really like, it's kind of like training ground, right? It's kind of like Rocky, right? Um, <laughs> you you got to work for it a little more, yeah, right? You got to like, work for that reaction improve yourself and even in the industry like we don't have as much industry uh in mm -hmm. canada so you kind of really have to like just really wrestle your way to the top of, to get anyone's attention um i would so i think it's like more of a training ground uh where we can work on our craft and and get really really good and then um, places like the United States, they discover what we're doing and they're like, oh, wow, where have you, where have you guys been? Like, you guys are so good. And it's like, oh, we've just been, you know, working on our art and yeah. our act and stuff. <laughs> I also, I often think like geography, you know what I mean? We got to travel so far you got it like when when you did just for laughs or, or or come you know that's a huge like trek you got to make right to, to yeah. come out here so um have you ever been this might be an off have you ever been starstruck have you ever gone and like met someone maybe in your travels or doing comedy where you were like absolutely star truck stuff starstruck by huh yeah oh i did a show in <laughs> I did a I did a show in LA uh, at Flappers Comedy Club, and it was like the same weekend. But they have a main room and a and a yep. second room, and uh, I was in I was doing a show in the in the smaller room, and but it was uh in the main room. Kevin Hart was um headlining the weekend. No big deal. And, yeah, of course. And then, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, I you know not I, a visiting comedian i didn't realize like there were two i knew there were two separate rooms because it was kind of a heart weekend and then there's a small show but i didn't know which venue was which so i wandered into the main room and then i like just you know saw like 
a lot of people and uh um and i didn't even see kevin hart but then like i felt like his energy yeah like i was like (laughs) oh everyone's waiting for a kevin hart show like that's cool um and i watched him a lot when i was a kid too um he's such a great performer and his jokes about like having wacky parent like oh a crazy dad like i really related to because my mom is kind of the same way and yeah i resonated yeah. with his stories too i love his like documentary it was talking about his crazy strict mom right he had this like w- wildly strict mom and yeah. growing up like that uh yeah he's great that guy's doing it all too it's it's a oh, for sure. how does he have the time um it's crazy yeah <laughs> um so what's kind of next for you? I mean, we're kind of going through this COVID thing that's just like dragging forever, but uh, what's, yeah. what do you see is next? Yeah, so I am writing uh, scripts. I, I'm inspired by, you know, what Canada has done with Schitt's Creek and yeah. and uh, Brent Butt, you know, uh, starting stand-up and then writing his, you know, or, or uh, Corner Gas. So it's... Uh, definitely a path I want to follow um, to write my own show and um, hopefully something comes of that. But yeah, obviously still doing stand up. It's my right. it's the thing I love to do and will continue to do. But with it slowing down because of COVID, it's given me a lot of time to write, which is nice. So, um, you know, G- yeah. good and bad to everything <laughs> any any like what anything specific you're writing like is it a like a family-based scripts you're writing or is that what oh, you're for sure. kind of based on your life kind of thing yeah yeah definitely I think we should tell the stories that are authentic to us and for sure no matter how much I try I can't escape from my family so um I think it's good to just step in and and like in these stories conflict is great like my family brings me a lot of conflict in my real life but it's that's also great on story you know it's not so great in real life but then in, in terms of like a show or a story it's amazing there's so yeah. much conflict so that, yeah. uh yeah i'm I'm leaning into that. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, thank, yeah. thanks a lot for, for joining me. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, people can go to, uh, it's Apple Music, um, Amazon Music. I listen to it on Spotify. Uh, Grandma's Girl is, is the album. It, it's really funny. It's uh, it's awesome. Um, good good luck with everything in the future. And, and we'll, we'll chat soon, hopefully. Thank you so much, Chad. Thanks. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That was a lot of fun talking to the uh, hilarious Andrea Jin. Andrea making absolute waves in Canada and the U.S. right now. Go check out her solo debut album, Grandma's Girl. Uh, It's available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, wherever you get comedy from. Andrea's album will be there. Uh, It's hilarious. Great hour of comedy. Absolutely loved it. Can't wait to see what's in store for Andrea in the future. I saw today in the news that the Jamaican bobsled team has qualified for the Olympics once again. And of course, the Jamaican bobsled team from the movie Cool Runnings. Now, Cool Runnings is an absolute classic from my childhood, of course, starring John Candy, who's already in the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. And if you want to have your say who joins him in the hall, it's real simple. Go to CanadianComedyHall.com and become a lifetime founding member. You get all kinds of great perks, and it's only $25. And you have your say on the nominees for life. It's a super cool gift for any Canadian comedy fan. 
Now, Cool Runnings, of course, was about the 1988 Olympics in Calgary. And my next guest has been to all the big sporting events. He's been to Olympics, Grey Cups, the NHL, the NBA. He's even been a host at the world-famous Just for Laughs Comedy Fest in Montreal. He's done absolutely everything all over the world, and Cameron hasn't been to all these events as a fan, but as a performer. He's an entertainer, a motivational speaker, an event host, a physical comedian, and a quote, good bad dancer. We talked about growing up in Canada and what's that thing inside Cameron that makes him get up in front of 20,000 people every night. So here he is, my interview with the hilarious Cameron Hughes on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I, I, I want to get into your origin story, but I'm going to start I, talking about me, talking about myself. Uh, my dad used to have senator's tickets, like he would buy like a quarter season, half season. Where are you from? I'm from Brockville. Okay, yeah. So I'm, you know, we're 50 minutes from the Palladium. I still, I still like that name the best. Um, it really is a great name if you think about the it. The Palladium was the Palladium best like, for the Senators. That was the yeah. best name for it. The best. You know? Yeah. Vegas, they like, planned the fortress. It's like, fuck. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love stuff like that. You know, I, know, I love the igloo in Pittsburgh. The Shark Tank is probably the best yeah. one. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, but I remember three things. I, I was young. I'm 33 now. So I was, you know, um, from those games. I remember uh, the cheap l- laser show they had on the ice where it was like the guy skating. I mean, what Vegas does now blows it away. I remember, for some reason, I remember the Quebec Nordiques coming into town. And I remember seeing Joe Sackett. And I remember you uh, dancing. Um, We're talking Civic Center or Palladium? Civic Center. Were you, was it the yeah, Civic, Civic Center? Center? Yeah, that's yeah. what, I, yeah. I remember the Civic Center with the chain link fence Yeah. Um, in behind. Uh, I mean, that was like, arguably, probably... I would, I would actually love to do this research. Like the top five worst arenas in the last 30 years in the NHL. Oh, that's gotta be, that's gotta be, be good. That'd be good. I mean, it that's was, it was, it was half a, number one or two. It was half an arena. Yeah. Where's the other half? <laughs> Where, where'd it go? Um, so All right, Cam, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Your origin story. What's uh, coming into to Ottawa, the, the civic center. Um, tell tell me about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm living in Ottawa. I'm, I'm living in my dad's basement. I'm in and out of, you know, university as much as Frank the Tank and trying to figure out what to do with my life. My buddy says, do you want to go to the Ottawa Senators game Saturday night, 20 feet of snow? What else are you going to do? So we go to the game, uh, totally sober that night, which nobody believes. Everyone will, every one of my friends will tell you, oh, he was drinking, he was drunk. And I'm at the game, first period, no excitement, second period, no excitement, and I'm physically visibly emotionally every kind of word you can come up with upset like i'm like why isn't anyone having fun right so eight minutes to go in the game i look at my buddy who got the tickets and he's like oh don't pull a cam right so the song we are family comes on i get up in my seat i start to go nuts gyrating going insane in the crowd and at first everyone looked at me like what's you know what's he on what's his what's his deal and then they realized I was just trying to get the crowd into the game because it was boring. And, you know, you go to any event of any kind and there's a moment where it needs a spark. I just knew it needed something. So I got up and went for it. Crowd went wild eventually. And the reason I'm talking to you now, the reason I've done this for 28 years isn't because I got up the first time. There's footage of me getting up the next time where I went to the aisle. And, and here's my quick take. There's a lot of funny stuff out there. There's a lot of people that do funny stuff and then it's over, right? Right. And I decided to keep, keep going, keep doing it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, so the senators ask you back for the next game and kind of the rest is, is history from there, right? You've, you've built this, this huge career, um, including the Olympics. Kim, you were at my favorite, the greatest moment of my life. And I've had a kid since, and this still, it's still the greatest moment of my life. Don't tell her that is when Sidney Crosby scored the golden goal. Um, so you were working Vancouver 2010. What was, what was that like? Sid, Sydney scores. Well, you know, I, yeah, I was right behind him when he scored, uh, you know, there's a picture and I'm just above the picture. Um, I mean, it was the ultimate, it was a ca- Canadians came closer together after that, you know, whatever the cost of the Olympics were the sense of pride and spirit from coast to coast, not just when Sydney scored, but that highlighted it. Right. I mean, that yeah. just put the cherry on top. And being there and, and that it was a 12 o'clock start, it was it was one of the most one of the greatest days of my career too. like, I mean, it was yeah. just the fact that I was a Canadian performing in Vancouver at the Olympics officially. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I got three warnings for my behavior. Very Canadian of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, so I was there as well. I was not in the arena, but I was working at the Olympics. I was uh, working in the athletes village actually i just randomly got a job and so i was up in whistler during that game actually i had a ticket in my hand to go to the hockey game a a resale ticket eight hundred dollars the guy wanted for it and i said i i I declined i said no i've blown that eight hundred dollars a thousand times over since then biggest regret anyways i'm in whistler i'm in a bar the sydney scores the bar just empties nobody pays their tab like everybody just into the streets and then (laughs) All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Blue Rodeo starts playing just in the middle of the, sh- the street. It was incredible. Greatest day of, of my life. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I mean, it was the way we all came together. It didn't matter yeah. who, what, where you were. We came together. There were street hockey games in Vancouver. Um, people were dancing and parading. And there was a reception after the game. And I um, somehow got in. Bob Nicholson, the CEO of Hockey Canada, let me come in. Right. And there Sid sitting with his family. And he wanted a picture with me, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I picture, that's good. yeah. That might not be totally true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. No, it was awesome. So I had, I had to touch on that. Anytime I meet somebody who's there at the Olympics, I, I always, it was, yeah, those three weeks, whatever it was, were just, were amazing. Um, so this is a comedy podcast. It's the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. So what do you, what do you consider yourself when somebody's like, Cam, what do you do? Entertainer, comedian? I mean, there is a physical comedy side to what you do um, or just super fan kind of thing. Like, what, what do you consider yourself? Well, I mean, that's been the ultimate outside of, you know, actually getting the crowds going. That's been the ultimate, like, you know, I go to meetings and I've hosted TV shows and radio yep. and done all sorts of other speaking events. And everyone's like, well, who is he? What does he do? You know, and at the end of the day, when I focused on just being a great crowd igniter, it opened up all sorts of different opportunities. So, you know, I'm one day I'm doing the NHL and NBA and then, and then just the last calls and says, Hey, we want you to open up the comedy festival. So I did that for six years. That's awesome. Um, I opened up for like every name in comedy and it was, you know, such a thrill and so cool to see, you know, their craft in, in action and play. And, and so there I am a kid from Ottawa going, why am I at the comedy festival? And you realize that they're the physical aspect uh, and the emotional aspect of being a goofball, being, being, you know, funny in a way, cause I'm a good, bad dancer. 
yeah. um, you know, plays a part. And, you know, I had my own show on the comedy network in Canada for a couple of years, uh, a TV show called game face. Right. Um, we weren't ahead of the time in the sense of, Oh my God, we were revolutionary. We were changing the way TV was shown. It was more, it wasn't normal to show sports in a comedic way. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, but then when I do speaking events or big corporate events or, you know, any type of hosting, there's always a comedic element, you know, meaning in, in a sense, well, you have a stand-up element to it. There's a stand-up element to it. I'm not like, it's not a stand-up set, right? but right. yes, they're hiring me because they know I can be, you know, entertaining, funny with the crowd, get the crowd going, keep the crowd engaged through different various funny, hilarious, you know, crowd engagement techniques. Um, do you have any influences? Like, is anybody, or you're kind of like this unique thing that I, I haven't seen at another sporting event, but did anybody kind of influence you? In you know, it's funny you mentioned that. You remember Super Dave? Yeah, Super Dave Osborne. Super Dave Osborne. Classic, yeah. You know, a classic. And um, I, I, I watched him and I watched um, the absurdity of what he did with such conviction, right? Yeah. And yeah. if I look at what I do, I've always joked, I say, you know, I take what I do seriously, not myself. So right. meaning, meaning if you're going to pay me good money to come to your event, whatever it is, you know, why does it work? Why are you bringing me in? Well, I think you're bringing in the energy, mm -hmm. the fact that I'm a goofball, the fact that I want you to be a goofball, right? I want you to laugh. I want you to play along. And so Super Dave, like, I just remember growing up as a kid watching him and, and I think it subtly influenced me a lot. And then there's a guy named Crazy George who used to bang a drum. And he was like, you know, he got the wave started and, you know, so, and then it's, there's different people in TV and, and, and obviously sort of hosting that I admire, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a weird thing to, how do I label what I do? Yeah. I don't think I'll ever figure it out, which is kind of fun, right? Very no, Canadian of me. <laughs> that, that, that is very Canadian of you. Like, what are we, you know, we, we talk about that a lot on this podcast and we're going to talk about that a lot is what, what is, what makes Canadians so funny which what makes canadians outgoing what makes what what was that thing that makes cameron hughes a success kind of wherever you go in the, in the states what's that canadian thing about you is it is there something well i mean you know when i wrote my book <coughs> excuse me i i i kind of had to dig deep into what does that look like right and you mm -hmm. know i grew up in ottawa i grew up in a very you know ottawa is a government town uh, a lot more laid back and and liberal and um, I don't just mean the politics, I mean, you know, and so, but I grew up in a very social environment. Ottawa also allowed me to be very social. There's a lot of well-known entertainers, actors, comedians from Ottawa. Um, I also think, you know, in, in saying that, you know, our school system, our social system set us up for success in a lot of ways. You yeah. know what I mean? They embraced it. They're like, you know, if you are the crazy, funny person, like, get up there on at the assembly like at all my high school assemblies i went to a school in downtown ottawa i was easily the least talented but i was the most fearless yeah right yeah that's awesome. and i think that that's a big answer to your question of what makes canadians like you know funny and and, and why are there different uh, you know different types of acts quote-unquote entertainers is a sense of fearlessness that i'm just going to give this a shot and and if it doesn't work oh well you know yeah. And, and you touch on that school thing. And, and I never thought about this, but you're so right. Like my thing in school is I wanted to get into radio, right? Like that's what I want to do. And it was never like, 
Chad, radio's dying or radio's a thing. It was always kind of encouraged. Here's a media class you can take. So that is, that's a unique thing that, that we have, right? Is uh, those, those passions, yeah. those dreams are kind of fueled within us. And I don't think people were saying, oh, you can have a career performing at sporting events, but no. to be, at the same time, I was also the guy who was the student leader at my high school, who was the guy on the sidelines getting the crowd going. So I did have a talent at something and they fostered, they let me grow. They let me do it. They allowed, allowed me to push it. And, and that kind of, you know, mentality of I could do this is why I used to speak to high school kids all the time across Canada is because you get a kid who would reach out to you and say, Hey, I, I never knew I could play, you know, music professionally, or I could be a comedian or actor. I, until I heard your talk about yeah. doing it differently. Right. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, have you ever done an event where you're like, I don't know how this is going to go. This event isn't what's kind of like just one of those events you've done where it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to try this. I was at an event in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. It was the uh, CHL all-star game. And I was performing at the game on the Wednesday and the night before was a banquet dinner. Sorry, the Shreveport, let me guess something on a fish, right? They're, they're mascots. Mud bugs. Mud bugs. I was going to say mud pouts. That's what I was thinking. Okay. That was close. Yeah. Okay. So it's, you know, it's run by a guy, obviously from Hamilton. I am. Um, he was a joker, funny guy. Anyhow, I, they get a big comedian in, um, a goat boy from SNL. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? No. But... Okay. Um, <laughs> but a big, um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get his name. And so he is performing. He doesn't show up. He doesn't want to get on the plane. So they call me and they say, Hey, can you host, can you do 20, 30 minutes set? I'm like set. I'm not a comedian. Yeah. They're like, well, you're funny. You do a lot of speaking. You know what I mean? So I, uh, Jim Brewer was his name, by the way. Jim Brewer. Yes. Jim Brewer. Okay. So he's yeah. making a pretty penny to come in and do this thing. So I'm sitting in the lobby of the hotel and I'm trying to come up with jokes and long story short, I said, yes, I, I negotiated, um, half of my fee up front half, if it goes over well, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Fair. Yeah. No, that's, they're, that's very Canuck of me. That is so, like, I, I, get I don't up. know how this is going to go. Yeah. I get up. I do the, get the crowd going. I start from the crowd. I get everyone dancing, cheering. I get on stage and I say immediately something isn't right. I go down the side of the stairs. I put up two cases of beer on my arms. I walk up. All the players are on the stage and I gave them beer for my whole talk. So that immediately changed the room. Did yeah. I kill it? No. Did I save it? Yes. Was I scared out of my mind? 100 <laughs> those Did I get the extra pay yes <laughs> those improvising skills really uh really paid off on that on that one well i think it's one of those things where you know having been doing this for so long and so many different opportunities it's like you know i was just like i said earlier you know give me a mic and and, and let's see what happens and i think that you know back to your question what am i i mean it's like well i, I i'm not a joke teller but i'm an improv guy i'm in the crowd like I'm on stage in Montreal hosting just for laughs and, you know, something will come up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll get the crowd going, but I, you know, you only have so much time to get the crowd going as well. you got to, you got to watch, listen to the crowd. You're, you're a guy that runs with it, right? That's kind of your, you run with it. You run with, you ran with your career. You run with a bit, you know, somebody's engaging with you. Um, I've seen you at games before and that's kind of what I've, I've noticed. Like, you know, you find the person in the crowd that's that's also willing to kind of dance and, and you know, make themselves play along. Be known. Yeah. yeah, play along with it and, and you run with it. That's kind of um, 
what I've That's kind of been my whole career. Yeah. <laughs> just play yeah. along. Let's go. Just play along. You know? Yeah, go for it. Um, you've performed at one of the big Canadian spectacles, the Grey Cup. Um, you know, it's it's a uniquely Canadian event. I put it up there with like the Briar stuff like that, right? Uniquely Canadian events. Uh, what was that like? Uh, it was amazing. I mean, you know, it's like when I look at my checklist of events to do, you know, growing up as a kid in Ottawa, you know, we used to have the backyard tailgate parties for the Grey Cup and, and then be able to be center stage, you know, with the microphone and, you know, introducing, I think it was Theory of a Dead Man, you know, 68,000 people live and I'm about to go live and my jeans rip open. <laughs> and the floor director looks at me, 30, 10, 20, 10. And I'm like, what do I do? He's like, pull your, pull your jersey down, pull your jersey down. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh... So, I mean, I think that uh, as much as my career has been a lot of work in the States and different parts of the world, you know, I look at it as I reflect on, you know, doing it for a long time, how cool it's been to do a lot of Canadiana, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've performed in every province except for, you know, New Brunswick and um, every small town from, you know, Red Deer to, uh, you know, Sydney, Nova Scotia. Right. And so to, to, to feel the fabric of these communities is like, it's kind of, it, you know, not to be cheesy, but it's heartwarming. You know, it is. Yeah. 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 To see the country that way too is, is, is amazing. Um, do, what's the physical aspect of what you do? I mean, people that are listening that haven't seen you go to YouTube, watch the videos. ESPN E60 did a great thing on you, um, you know, a few years back, which I, which I've watched a few times. I love it. Um, but what's it, what, what's it? physically like i know you stretch and and work hard at this so what's <laughs> kind of the physical toll i mean the physical toll is real <laughs> yeah um yeah. you know i'm not any younger but the physical toll is you know a huge part of my you know act especially at the at sporting events you know it's like they hire me for my energy you know at the end of the day and for being that goofball that idea that hey i'm gonna go a little crazy come with me. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm on the railing. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, do they let you on the railing? I'm like, nobody said not to yet. <laughs> yeah. Ask, uh, ask for forgiveness after yeah, exactly. is that? Yeah. I'm jumping off like railings. I've got my ankles taped. I'm, you know, my throat scratching, I'm bleeding. I'm cut. Like <laughs> that happened a couple of weeks ago. I, and my, everyone's like, dude, your legs cut open. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So they're, they're, you know, in terms of, uh, the physical comedy side, it's like, that's a huge part of it because it's just so like, really, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Do, do you ever get, do you ever get embarrassed doing it? Like, does that, is that even something that, that you have in you? Like I have friends that are just like, they just don't have that embarrassment, you know? No, I don't No, I don't think so. No, no, no. Yeah. I think it's an easy answer. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, no, that's, I, I think that there's a, I get a little nervous, but nerves yeah. are good. You know, yeah. there's nerves a difference are... between being nervous, anxious, and ready with nerves. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm at the point now where, mind you, it's usually you're more worried about are the, are, are, are they, are they going to come to me properly? Are they going to, is the music going to work yeah. as opposed to is what I'm going to do work? Cause it's all the logistics of show business, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you wrote the book. King of Cheer, stories of showing up, uh, getting up and never giving up from the world's most electrifying crowd igniter. Um, yeah, I, I just got my copy. Honestly, I haven't had a chance chance to uh, read it yet, but I'm, I'm really excited to read it. Bullshit. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I have it. I have it. Um, it is on Amazon. I can provide receipts. Um, yeah. So what, wh- where did the book come from? What was kind of the, uh, the inspiration to start doing that? I mean, like, COVID. You know a little, yeah. Sorry. I mean, it just, it just hit me like talking to you and, and, and these different sort of segments of what we're talking about. It's like, just wanted to share my journey so that if you're listening and if you read it and if you're part of it, you know, you're, you're part of it, you're part of it by reading it, you're, you're coming away with something, a laugh, a smile, maybe make you think differently, maybe inspire you to take a few more chances, maybe make you uh, like let loose a bit more, connect with people a bit more. So I, I wanted to share, like, it's a short story book. It's not like a massive piece of, you know, you know, um, literature that's it's trying not to be something that it is and it's just from my heart sharing the stories of a kid from ottawa who loved to spread cheer i mean that's kind of the book you know yeah and all the stories and crazy shit from you know partying at prince's house one night to you know being in a video with alanis morissette that got 30 million views to you know hosting just for last comedy festival and igniting you know the hosting but you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah you must and so put yeah, yourself you must... out there right i mean that's yeah, I think absolutely. I think that's the one thing with comedy and 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 this world, this entertainment, and people ever ever ask me advice. It's just, you really have to find the the muscle of putting yourself out there. I mean, you think about a stand up comedian. How many times a night they have to try a new thing, put themselves out there, see mm-hmm. if it works, mm-hmm. and it's it's challenging, you know, on any, every level. Um, you must like driving down the road, the freeway, just like take stock of your life and just say like, wow, like where, where have I come from from Ottawa? I mean, we all do that. Um, but yeah, you must be, you know, that moment must be pretty awesome when you feel you know, that. I think that happens and it's a, it's cool. It's a thoughtful sentiment. It happens when I walk into an arena. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I land and I'm in Minnesota and I'm about to, you know, the, the, there's no one there yet, but you know, the fans are getting assembling outside and I, and I'm, I, I walk in and I see the empty arena or walk up as I walk up to the arena, you kind of go, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. And, and, and the day I don't feel that, you know, like I remember performing in New York at the U S open and I'm, I'm driving across and they, they send a car service and I'm like, what the heck? And I'm listening to like Jay-Z it's midnight. I've just performed at the open. I've just like had a crazy moment with Federer and it's like in the truck. And, and I'm just looking out the window crossing George Washington bridge going, sorry, what, you know, yeah, riding in the back of a, of a car. Yeah. In New York city, just yeah. being grateful for, you know, not making my high school tennis team, but making it to the U S open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, what's, what's kind of next for you. So obviously you're in you're in vegas right now is that where you're i'm in victoria bc okay okay but you're doing a lot of vegas golden knights games doing a lot of vegas which you know i never thought back to i never thought you know i think that could be a name for a book too right um yeah it's the next one i never thought yeah oh i thought you meant doing a lot of vegas as a no i i never thought i'd be in vegas i never thought i'd be you know what i mean yeah um what's next i mean i want to push myself once things open up more to do certain events Okay. Uh, you know, in different parts of the world, um, and, and and just keep pushing the. You know, I think the corporate world is is um, is ready for. Uh, I call it the Will Ferrell meets Tony Robbins guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of my shtick of interrupt. You know, disrupting corporate events more because I think that they. You know, they hire 
safe. They hire the safe Olympic speaker and then they'll hire like a well-known comedian for the big, you know, things or yeah. they'll hire Hootie and the Blowfish or <laughs> 5440. <laughs> yeah. Or just Darius Rucker. Just yeah, Darius just doing Darius. a so doing a solo gig. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot for joining us uh, on, on the joining me. It's just me. Yeah. Um, on the podcast. Once again, the book is King of Cheer, stories of showing up, getting up, and never giving up from the world's most electrifying crowd igniter. Uh, it's on Amazon. It is on Kindle. Audiobook coming soon. Audiobook coming soon. It's on my website, CameronHughes.tv. I mean, where can't you find it, really? Yeah, it's everywhere. So yeah. th thanks again, Cam. Really appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Had an absolute blast talking to Cameron Hughes. Such a great guy, funny guy. If you get a chance to go to Las Vegas, Make sure to go to a Golden Knights game. Cameron Hughes is there. I think every home game now, uh, Cameron will be there just putting on an absolute show and igniting the crowd. So that's it. That's episode one of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm so excited. We have a ton more episodes. we got a big time guest coming. I'm super excited who's going to be on this, uh, who's going to be on this podcast. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure to follow us, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, iHeartRadio as well. And this all leads up to the nominees being announced for the class of 2022 Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. We'll have updates throughout here if you want to know who's going to be nominated. Uh, don't forget to follow everything on CanadianComedyHall.com and don't forget to donate. Join the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, become a lifetime member, and have your say who gets in the hall. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast.